Gentlemen, welcome to the Alpha M Podcast. Wherever you are right now listening to this, I want to thank you for your support. In this podcast, you'll get my views on lifestyle, self-improvement, and business, all in an aim to unlocking your confidence and helping you feel the best you can every day of your life. Also, at any time during this podcast or if any of my videos have helped you in the past, please feel free to leave a rating and a review on the platform you're listening to this. Five stars, of course, would be awesome, but I'll leave that up to you. Every week, we're going to read out and feature a few of my personal favorite reviews. So lock in and enjoy today's episode. What's up, gentlemen? Welcome to the Alpha M Podcast. Today, I've got something incredibly special. I sat down and talked to Noah Kagan, who is a serial tech entrepreneur. All right, he has done some incredible things. And this conversation, in terms of somebody who is potentially wanting to start a business, he goes over some tips and insights that you guys are going to freaking love. They are so incredibly impactful and powerful. He also started to grill me a little bit about why I'm uncomfortable talking about money. And uh, it's, a, it's a pretty incredible podcast that I think you guys are gonna love. So without any further ado, gentlemen, enjoy, and thanks for watching. Gentlemen, welcome back to the Alpha M Podcast. Today, I've got my tech spirit animal with me, Noah Kagan. Now, here's the deal. Your story is amazing. And, you know, the more I sort of dive in and the more I learn about you, the more inspired I am. Just to give people a brief sort of, you know, little resume of yours, uh, you were employee number 30 at Facebook. Hmm. You worked and reported directly to Mark Zuckerberg, which uh, is pretty cool, or it's not cool. I know that, <laughs> that that might have a story in and of itself, but you are also employee number four at Mint. Um, since then, you have just launched, I think it's something like 24 businesses, different online um, entities. Uh, most notable, you've got AppSumo. You started about 10 years ago. You've got sumo.com. Um, you launched a podcast. You have okdork.com. You've got a YouTube channel. You are a tech entrepreneur. And um, it's something that I'm so inspired by because technology for the longest time has really scared me. Um, the other thing I love about you, you love tacos, which is a, a very common uh, shared. I mean, who, who doesn't love tacos, right? <laughs> and you love exercising. You love riding bikes. My God, why aren't you in Atlanta so we could hang out? I think we'd have a lot in common. But anyway, Noah. Tell me a little bit about sort of your brief history, um, you know, 30,000 foot view of, of where you started and how you got to where you are today. I consider, real, real quick, I consider you kind of like the king of like throwing shit against the wall just to kind of see what sticks. Something sticks, it doesn't stick, no big deal, you're moving right on. And I think that as an entrepreneur, that's something that it's, <laughs> I'm not going to let you sure. talk. I'm just going to tell you how great you are for the me. next Wow, who is this guy you're talking about? Exactly. Um, so, so tell I, me know, a little bit about your story. Yeah, the 30,000 foot thing. But you know, I was, I was mountain biking yesterday. I'm in Moab, Utah <clears throat> right now. And I thought of myself, this is going to sound a little this is gonna sound arrogant, and I do not mean it to sound arrogant. I feel like lately I've been the YouTube whisperer. And what I mean by that is I meet these YouTubers who are not making a lot of money, uh, or just, you know, one, they're amazing people and they're amazing content creators, and I'm like, well, how are you running your business? And they're like, well, you know, I kind of just make great videos. And so it's been really fascinating to kind of meet amazing creators and, and be a part of this whole content create universe and, and kind of share the business part that, that I've been able to learn over the years. Uh, the 30,000 foot view, you know, lately I've really just thought I'm very lucky. I literally just run, I won the lotto in the, in the baby, in the sperm, mm -hmm. uh, where like I was born in Silicon Valley, two miles from Apple headquarters. My biological dad is a salesman, uh, from Israel. My stepfather is a computer engineer 
And I grew up in a high school where pretty much everyone went to work in tech. Mm -hmm. So like my friend sold his company to Cisco for a billion, not a good friend, but a, a friend from high school. Uh, everyone's at Google or Facebook or Microsoft and all that stuff. And that was something that very early on, I just knew I was going to be involved in business and technology. I didn't know how it was going to happen. I knew I was going to make millions of dollars. I didn't know how that was going to happen. Uh, and I failed and failed and failed and I'm still failing, but I've also had some really fun times and success along the way. So that's uh, and today where I've ended up is I found that my calling, my calling is to find greatness or promote greatness. So with AppSumo.com, it's the number one site online for software deals. We go out and help find the best tools online, negotiate amazing deals and promote them to entrepreneurs. And then recently I've been spending my time on YouTube, uh, sharing how we start and grow businesses and then meeting other cool YouTubers like yourself and learning your magic and then also sharing some things about how you guys can grow your businesses. So you did a video that I saw. And it, it talks, see, one thing about you that, that sort of takes me aback a little bit is how open you are and forthcoming you are about your revenue and how much, you know, basically money you're making. Um, and I know that, I guess, what, what'd you say? Oy vey. Yeah, no, it, it, money? it, it, Does it, well, it, penis? no, it's, uh, <laughs> it's, it, it, um, it, it, for, for whatever reason, um, see, you grew up in a very different area than I did, right? You grew up in Silicon Valley. You said early on, you knew that you were going to make millions of dollars and it's not like a dirty word. It's not something to be ashamed of. It's something that to actually strive for and be admired for. Um, a lot of your friends and people that you're around, you know, make a lot of money, have made a lot of money, have exited businesses for billions of dollars or whatever it is. I grew up in a very different scenario. I grew up in the suburbs of Philadelphia, very lower middle class, you know, hmm. environment. And so, you know, a lot of the people that I knew, the people that I grew up with, they are not millionaires. They are not people that are entrepreneurs. And so to hear somebody speak about money and, and, and your process so openly, um, it's, it, it makes me uncomfortable, honestly, because it's wow. for whatever reason, I think it's this, this, um, probably mental block that I've, I've, I have that it's, um, a little bit uncomfortable and not necessarily something that I'm in comfortable sharing in terms of talking about money. And, you know, at this point in the stage in my life, in my career, I've had some miserable failures, but I've also had some amazing successes. And so, um, you know, the, the process that you go through and the, the fact that you're sharing all this incredible information, why do you feel so comfortable talking about money, talking about sort of how to build a million dollar business in a weekend, how you're worth $10 million, like all of these sort of things. Yeah. Why are you so forthcoming with this information and why do you feel it's going to benefit you in the long run? Can I, do you mind if, can you share why you're uncomfortable with it first? And then yeah, no, it's, it's, um, it's, it's, yeah, okay. Yeah. Let's, why are we diving into me? No, this is about you. Now, um, why am I uncom uncomfortable? I'm not uncomfortable with being successful. What makes me uncomfortable is discussing and, and I guess quantifying how successful I may be. And it's, um, it's something where I think I was, I, I grew up in a, you know, in a, a guilty a Catholic Italian sort of household where, you know, it was just very like, you know, you just don't talk about this stuff and, and you're supposed to be very modest and, and um, you know, discussing and talking about money is something that, you know, there is this culture online now where this whole like hustle cult culture is, has become super sexy and, and making money and talking about how to make money is this new industry, right? This wasn't really around, you know, 20 years ago, yeah. but now it's huge. I mean, I've got a sign, you know, in my, in my, in my office, um, 
from iconic that that says like you know nobody cares work harder it's this 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 culture that we are sort of being indoctrinated in and um yeah i don't know why i'm uncomfortable with it to be honest it's just something that i feel like if people knew how successful financially i was that i would lose street cred and credibility in my advice for just like helping people now you know on the other side of things you know talking about you know entrepreneurship that's that's kind of the other end of the spectrum and, and coin but so <laughs> more about you no why are yeah, you so comfortable just, it's, it's talking about- I, I mean there's a lot there and you know i grew up in a i would say middle class family like upper middle class not like super wealthy and my parents were extremely frugal uh and they're still pretty frugal and i think that's still how i am no matter the more money that i've gotten i'm still living I think I'm living below my means more than anybody. I think more than people who have less, a lot less money than me, which is, I think, a pretty interesting point. Uh, it started for me at like Mint.com. It was a f- personal finance tool, so everyone shared their money. Because we, when we were working on the product, I was like, oh, you're worth that much? You're worth that much? And so it's, it's interesting. I, I remember a lunch with my friend in LA. We're in um, Rose Cafe, I believe, near, near Venice. Same and he's market, like, yeah. I'm going to tell you my net worth, and then you're going to tell me your net worth, and we're going to say on the count of three, we can never tell anyone else about it. And then we'll talk about it. And so on the count of three, go one, two, three. And I was just like, and I, and I was, and then after we said it, I was like, who cares? Um, I, I think what's, what's really interesting about money and then like the taboos of talking, once you put it out there, you're, it's kind of, it is a little bit of a penis size, kind of like, oh, what's your thing? What's your thing? Mm-hmm. But when you actually start opening up the, the, the conversation, what's really more interesting to me is how much do people actually need? And it's way less than you think. People are like, I want to be a millionaire. Well, it's like, well, what do you want to do with a million? Well, I want to get a house and a car. Well, do you actually need a million for that? No. No, it's a super um, arbitrary number. It's just that, that, that number is sounds sexy. good. It's it just, just like saying really it's seven figures, eight figures. Like it's that, yeah. that, that figure. You know, anybody well, tells me they make, you know, I make seven figures. It's like, okay, you make $1 million. <laughs> well, I think what's, what's actually... What's even like almost more interesting, so one, I think people really need to understand how much they actually need, not just the sexy numbers. I remember in college, I was like, I want to make 30 million by 30. You know why? Because it just sounds cool, 30 by 30. But do I actually need 30 million? Do I spend any of that money? No. Um, I think what's even like, so number one, how much people need, I think, is the, the actual number people should be calculating. Like if you want to retire at 40 or 50, what people really want is freedom. And so figure out how much money you need to make each month and then just focus on that instead of the total amount. And the second thing, uh, related to money and, and sharing about it, I can share about my numbers. People really making real money don't talk about it. People making real money are shut the fuck up. You know why? Because they don't want anyone competing with them. They don't want to get harassed. They don't want more competition. <laughs> they don't need people knowing about it. And the people like myself who are dumb, uh, and I don't think I'm dumb. Uh, the people like me who share about, I think the people who are sharing about it a lot on YouTube, what I've observed is most of them are actually really poor. And I I don't say it as an insult. I I want them to do whatever they want to do. I just think you have to be careful who you're learning from because the people who are real wealthy, like the billionaires, like Joe Lamont, uh, Robert Smith, the guys that you've never heard of, they're not in the news. They're working and they're just living their life. And uh, I think for me in terms of sharing, I've been exploring sharing for years. What I've noticed is I, I think about the upside downside. So I think about sharing, I'm like the upside it gets more attention. People are more interested in it. I could talk about our company. I could promote things that we're working on. Downside, I, don't, I, haven't really expo- I haven't really experienced that. I haven't been attacked. No one's trying to kidnap me. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't really felt it. And so I, I've been exploring. It's kind of like, um, I think with life, one of our mottos at, at Sumo Group is called test, then invest. So instead of 
going crazy on something, test it. If it works, then go crazy. And so I've kind of just been testing like, all right, I'm going to share that I made over a million dollars. My salary is over a million. I don't show exactly how much more of a million. It's, it's significantly more, but I'm not sharing that because I don't feel comfortable with our team knowing it. But I'm like, all right, let me test that. Let me share that this year we're going to make over $30 million revenue, which never matters. It's always about profit, by the way. Everyone shows us. I, 100%. You know, I know you know that. And then in so anyways, I've been kind of testing like, okay, let me keep sharing. Honestly, no one cares. I think that's the bigger point in that everyone cares mostly about, cares not even mostly, cares extremely about themselves. Uh, and so as I share more, I'm noticing it doesn't really matter, frankly. And then it's just how do I make this relevant to the people that want to experience a similar life that I've been able to experience. So, okay. So you pretty much other than your, um, the card that you sold in college, right? You sold the discount card in college. Oh yeah. My ninjacard.com. Right. Dude, I just okay. sold the domain by the way for 20 G's, which is crazy. Someone <laughs> emailed me. They're like, Hey, we want to buy your domain for 20,000 or for 10,000. And I was like, I, I emailed a friend who's a domain broker. I was like, they want to buy this domain. For, and I was like, he's like, ask for double. So I did double yeah. and they uh, paid me 20,000. So it's funny. I, I recently went on, went on a podcast. Somebody was curious. I, I have a sunglass company called Enemy. And so I, I bought that. the domain enemy.com. And uh, yeah, how much and was so, uh, 43,000. Yeah, 43, and so, so why, why do you mind sharing that? And what numbers do you not feel comfortable sharing? And then I have a follow-on question that I really want to ask you. But what numbers okay. are you not comfortable sharing? Uh, I'm not, uh, you know, it's, it's funny. I'm not really comfortable talking about, um, uh, I, yeah, it's, it's pretty much, I'm not real comfortable talking about um, any of the numbers, to be honest. Like in terms of, I, it was funny, I, I interviewed uh, Kevin O'Leary um, for a, uh, we did like a, this collaboration and I was on Shark Tank twice. And so in Shark Tank, that was the first time I had ever actually vocalized on a big scale, like, hey, this business is doing a million dollars or whatever it may be. Nice, and, and this was back Congrats. in like 2017 on the second time I was on. But so I, I, I did this, uh, I was doing this like interview with him and I was not expecting him to say, you know, well, how much are you, how much are you are generating in revenue now annually? I'm like, you know, I'm like, oh, a lot. He's like, over, you know, $5 million. I was like, yeah, over five. It's like over 10. I'm like, yeah, over 10. He's like over 20. I'm like, yeah, let's just, you know, it, it was, it was the first time sort of, I, I put that out there and, um, and I was more worried and concerned about what other people were going to think about me from a, you know, cause I had people like email me like afterwards, like, Oh, I can't believe you're a millionaire. Like, like it was, it was just this like random, like really sort of, it felt a little bit invasive, honestly, but, um, but uh, yeah, so I don't know. I mean, when it comes to business, there are certain things I am comfortable talking about, like, you know, like, uh, you know, how much I spend for a domain, but uh, other numbers I'm just not 100% comfortable with. I'm, I'm curious about for you. Well, mm -hmm. I want to highlight. So I put out a video about how I make over a million bucks a year, blah, blah. I think I always felt more nervous about my team. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, why don't I just help everyone who I work with? And then I, I worded like if I post on Instagram that I'm in, I'm working for Moab, Utah today. And I used to care so much and feel so guilty, Jewish, Jewish guilt. You have Catholic mm -hmm. guilt, I got the Jew guilt. Yeah. And eventually I was like, well, why don't I help everyone I work with get rich? And why isn't everyone I work with, they can work wherever the fuck they want. If they want to work in an office and be at home, they could stay in Austin. If they want to travel, they should. Uh, and then it's kind of like, well, all right, then I don't have to feel as guilty if I'm a lot, not allowing, but enabling everyone to be there. I guess one question I'd be curious to you, one, just to highlight, you wear a Rolex, so, and you, I've seen it in a bunch of your videos. So there's mm -hmm. something there where you're signaling wealth. Um, 
And the thing for Rolex is I got to highlight is anyone who has a Rolex, all you have to ask them is what's the story? Because there's always mm -hmm. a story with the Rolex, which is so funny. And this one that I, and, uh, th this one that I wear, I actually on the back of it had it engraved, um, uh, work, uh, get to work. Because um, yes, there, there's always a story behind it. So, I want to hear that. Um, the, the question I want to ask before that though, just real quickly. Yeah. When did you actually decide for yourself that you made it? And did you ever, have you still not made it? $5,000. No, five, I, I know exactly when. So, so um, my story, I, you know, long story short, I, you know, grew up fairly poor. And then uh, I only wanted to open, I own, my dream from the age of 12 was to own a fitness center. And so I had the opportunity, um, you know, I, I met a, a woman, became my business partner. We opened a, a, a store, or a personal training studio. Um, it was fairly successful. I mean, but at that point I was making $24,000 a year and, um, I was doing what I love. So I was happy. Um, long story short, we tried to expand. We took some investment money and, um, there were some legal battles and fights that took place and we ended up having to shut down the business. At that point I had to file bankruptcy. I had like $500,000 in debt. I was driving a beer cart on weekends to actually just put gas in my car and give my then girlfriend now. Wife, How old were you? Uh, 30, I mean, this was not that long ago. It was, uh, back in 2005. And so, yeah. And so, wow. Hon, you're yeah, yeah, 500,000 yeah. in debt. Oh yeah. Yeah. Where yeah, was yeah. your mind at? Like for me, oh. that sounds horrifying. Well, it was hard. What was horrifying. The, the worst part about that whole situation, it wasn't the fact that I was broke. I've been broke my whole life. What was hard was that I didn't know what my dream was anymore. When your dream was one dimensional, like you are not necessarily you don't have the same problem that I do where I get like super tunnel vision. Right. And it's like, I will focus on that one thing. You, you've got like your foot in a little bit of like this. It's like, let me try it. 18 months. Is it going to make me a million dollars? If the answer is no, I'm out. I'm going to try something else. Me from the age of 12, it was one dimensional. And I was just focused on, on that. And so the worst part about that time, it wasn't being broke. It was that I didn't know what my my, my goal was going to be. I didn't know what my dream was anymore. And so that was the hardest thing. And so, um, you know, I, I thought that at the time success meant that I was going to have like a big, you know, chain of fitness centers and that was going to be what was my, 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 my destiny and my goal. And so when that was stripped nice. away, I didn't know what success looked like. Um, I came to realize that really what makes me fulfilled and feeling, you know, successful is being able to help people that I, that I love and, and, um, you know, helping people, you know, just feel better about themselves. That's ultimately what, what I, what I do. And I, I realize that that's sort of what the fitness center sort of manifests. And, um, and so when I had $5,000 in my bank account, that's when I literally said and thought to myself, I've got fuck you money now, 5,000 bucks. That was it. And how, the reason you go from 500,000 in debt to 5,000. Yeah, it was, it was, uh, I started, you know, I, I started an image consulting business and um, then I started a website. I was, this was back in 2006 when, when uh, you could bid on keywords and not have to spend, you know, hundreds of dollars for, you know, men's style consultant or whatever it may be. And, um, and so, yeah, I, I, I had $5,000 in the bank. I started like a membership website to try that. That was a kind of, actually that did okay. I mean, that ended up making me like $100,000 a year, which was more money than I'd ever, ever had. And honestly, at that point, I think that income level when I look back, looking back, obviously, you know, hindsight 2020, that's when I was, I think I, I was the most comfortable. I was the happiest in terms of money just because I had more than I had ever needed and I've ever had. And I didn't have the responsibilities that came along with, 
having staff, having employees, having your parents or whomever, you know, working for you. Like I didn't have that, 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 your that pressure. And so what's that? Did your parents work for you? Oh yeah. Oh, everybody that works for me is pretty much a friend. Uh, one company, we've got like 30 employees. And so that one, you know, obviously is, is a little bit different, but everybody else that works huh. for like, uh, you know, Pete and Pedro, uh, Alpha M, yeah. my, I have an advertising agency, Menifluential Media that my best friend from high school, um, he basically just tried, I, I hired him to come and try and sell advertising for me for my YouTube channel. But so $5,000 real quick, Noah, that was the point at which I thought to myself, fuck it, like I'm good because, and I realized something interesting happened. It was when I had $5,000 that there was a day that I didn't think about money because for the, your, my entire life, I was always preoccupied with paying my bills, putting gas in my car, hustle to hustle, you know, making enough just to make ends meet. But when I had $5,000, that was the day that I didn't think about money. And that's when everything in my life got better because I was able to use that, that bandwidth in my brain for things that I wanted to do or, or it allowed me to be more creative. And so that was the point in my life when everything changed. And so, um, so yeah, so that I didn't, I don't know that I answered your question. Did I? You did. You did. That was awesome. I mean, it's been interesting as I've been doing YouTube and, you know, running AppSumo and being, a, I call them underdogs. Um, Sumo lings is what we call our AppSumo customers. And the words that people use is really interesting. And most people say they want to get out of the rat race and they want freedom. And it's really, it's really interesting. What is freedom? And finally, like this week, I've, I've really like recognized freedom is not waking up to an alarm clock. And I finally got that one, like I'm almost 40. And I was like, it's really just that you feel like you're in control of your time, mm -hmm. whatever that may be. If it's just sitting at home doing whatever, if it's playing chess, if it's going for walks, whatever that is, like you feel that you have that ability. Talk a little bit about, you, you've said a few things in some of your videos that really resonated with me. One of the things was 18 months. You want to be in a business 18 months for it to break even, right? That is sort of like a, a goal for you. Talk a little bit about that. And plus there's that seven figure sort of opportunity. You don't want to do anything that doesn't have substantial upside. Now, you're in a position because you have these other entities that you're able to look at these things. But people that are just starting off, they don't understand that, you know, if it has a $500,000, you know, potential, that's, you know, more money than most people are making. So talk a little bit about your, your theory or not necessarily your theory, but your thought process behind the 18 months break even and the seven figure potential. So I think I, I, I would break that down to people starting and people at scale. So if you think about most businesses like Google, Facebook, Amazon, the bulk of their profit and revenue comes from the core business. And then what they do is they do long-term investment. So literally last night, I was, in, I was in bed at 1230 and I wrote this line down. I said, what is the 2021 Sumo Group long-term investment? So what I mean by that is what is a long-term investment we could plant and experiment in 2021? And so the way that we call it our core operating framework, one of the things that we do is that we say, and I want to talk about the beginners as well, but I'll highlight for scale. If you have a core business that's generating a lot of cash and our business AppSumo promotes amazing products, people get good deals for their businesses to start and grow online. And what we do is we say, we'll try new businesses, generally almost one a year. And two things matter to us. One, can we make our money back ROI within 18 months? So if it's not able to... So we want to be able to invest and, and take risks. So we've done it with Sumo.com. We've done it with Drop, We've done it with uh, King Sumo. We've done it with SendFox. And if we can't make our money back in 18 months, it's too risky for us at that. Not risky. It's just not a profitable long-term business. And we're not funded. We don't have unlimited cash. 
And the second thing is opportunity cost. So when you're starting out, if you are just getting started, my goal for everyone starting out is within 12 months, make $1,000 a month consistently. That's it. I think they, what, what I have, I've seen so many entrepreneurs and I know and that's like what I, I live and die by because I know these people really well uh, and I want them to succeed. And so what I've noticed though, is that for us at our size is that we only have so much time and so many people and, and so many things we can do. And so if it's not at least making seven figures, we can't be doing these opportunities uh, because it takes the same amount of work. It really does. And I know I've heard that before and I was like, shut up, old man. I don't care about your advice. Uh, but the reality is, is like, all right, if this can not be like, what would, I was thinking about yesterday, um, I was thinking about doing, oh man, it was like an AppSumo business for cyclists. So like a daily deal site for cyclists, it was something like that, but it was similar. And I was like, wow, could that be a seven figure or bigger business? And I was like, I don't really think so. It's like, all right, well, I don't want to do that right now. Let me at least table that and put it in my, I call it shit, maybe later file. Literally mm-hmm. that's what it's called. And I think just being intentional about that and saving things. And I think what a lot of businesses do is they do things that are smaller opportunities uh, as well as they don't stop ones that aren't actually at that seven figure. So SendFox, for instance, which is our email marketing for content mm-hmm. creators, I told the team and I was like, I'm not trying to scare you and it's not a threat. We'll find something else for you to do. But if we're not actually at seven figures of revenue or, or potential uh, by the end of 2020, we're going to stop SendFox. And so the team fucking got on their ass and now it's definitely going to be at that number. That's awesome. And so for people beginning... I w- don't give a shit about anything I just said. Ignore everything I just said. Just focus on getting your first customer. Just focus on getting your $100. And then ultimately, I would say for people just starting out, really just get to the $1,000 a month consistently within 12 months, which, I, which I've seen. I think that's the benchmark people should be measuring themselves against. So saying that you sort of operate in Silicon Valley um, or you've been around the industry for you know, your entire career, what is, your, what is your thought process behind funding? Um, you know, I've never taken any funding. I've self-funded everything that I've done. Um, all of my businesses are profitable. I invest the money back in. Um, I see a lot of, you know, with our, our, my one company that is a subscription skincare company, um, we're sort of a little bit like a unicorn in the sense that, that we are to a level that a lot of these big companies that have actually, you know, taken money, they, they've taken, we haven't had to take anything. And we obviously, we, we still are profitable and, and have, have been able to grow. But part of that is because I'm a big YouTuber and I have the ability to market without, you know, the, the cost of, you know, me promoting it. And so there is that, right? That, there is that factor. Yeah. But talk a little bit about your mentality around funding. Uh, Kevin O'Leary, uh, when I was talking to him, he was saying, you know, I, I don't want a company that has raised a lot of money because they're going to waste a lot of money when, when they don't have to actually work for it and they're not worried about it. They just blow it like crazy. And so what is your, what is your experience being around it? Because you've seen it obviously in some of these companies that you've, you've worked for. Um, and then what is your, your mentality behind it for you personally with your entities? So the one thing I, I think that everyone can, it's about what people can learn, the listeners. So like, what are they, well, how can they take away for themselves? Number one, the people in Silicon Valley are so much more ambitious than the listeners and myself. And, prob- and that, it's not that they're more ambitious than you and me and everyone, not exactly. But these people are trying to like literally do the biggest things in the world. And to be around that is just impressive and inspiring. And I had a dinner with a friend of mine and he was complaining about the funding. He's like, I don't get where they get all this money and they fucking waste it. And I was just like, he's like, it just seems so stupid. And it's like, well, think about the tools that we're using. Zoom, the SmackBook, the Sony camera, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Every single one of those businesses was funded. 
Hmm, that's interesting. So what is it about them, right? And so I think funding makes sense in certain instances. I'm not, I'm not uh, vehemently opposed to it. And a lot of the things that seem crazy need capital up front. And, you know, times change, but still there, there's something about that. So I think businesses can, can happen that way. And some of the biggest businesses in the world, almost all of them, were funded. Microsoft, maybe not. Even Dell got funded, I think, at some point. Amazon was funded. Um, it's not to say that it can't happen. It's just a longer and slower process. In my experience, I've liked being self-funded uh, because I don't want to get married to anyone and I want to run the business the way I want. If you think about it, when you get funded, their literally only goal is to get a return. Mm-hmm. It's the only goal. Their goal is, I want my money back. The clock, the clock starts. That is their <laughs> the, ultimate. Yeah. They're not there to be your friend. And I've tried to go get funding twice in our business history. Um, I've taken 100000 from Andrew Chen, who's one of my best friends. He's a general partner at Andrews and Horowitz. When I started AppSumo, um, I didn't need any money. And I don't think any business, I think anyone starting any business out there, you could start it with no money and with very little time. And we could test any business idea you have out there. And I will show you some examples of how you can do it with no money and no time. I even saw one last night that I thought was really interesting uh, that we can talk about. And so with Andrew, I was like, hey, AppSumo doesn't need any money. We're just an email newsletter that promotes deals. And he's like, well, I'm going to give you 100000 because I want to own some of the company. And I was like, well, I'm going to lose it. And I don't really, I'm not trying to run a big business. He's like, all right. And then as the business grew, our first year, we did 117,000. Our second year, we did 3 million. And I was like pretty fucking crazy. And I was like, I need funding to grow. And I was like, well, I'm not even spending the money we have. And so mm-hmm. I went to these investors and investors is kind of like, it felt like all they were trying to do is make me feel bad about myself. I was like, look, I built this cool thing. It's doing well. And they're like, why isn't it bigger? And why isn't it this? And, um, I think the two things I realized is like they're really committed to to making a return and you'd have to run the business differently. We're probably optimized more around life fulfillment and fun um, versus maximizing profits and revenue. So like Andrew, who's on our board, and I think every company, whether no matter how small you are, should have a board. You should always have like one or two people that give a shit uh, that compliment you. And so we'll have these meetings and it's me, Andrew, Chad, my technical business partner, Eamon, who runs AppSumo, who who's, I can attribute a lot of our success to, and Andrew. And Andrew is at, uh, you know, is at Andreessen Horowitz, one of the best VC firms in the world. And every meeting until recently, he's always like, well, how do you 10 exit? How are you going to 10 exit? How are you going to 10 exit? And I don't think it's bad. I think, you know, his aggressiveness has really helped us get to where we are. Um, but I think our bootstrapping has kept us probably slower and uh, more sustainable. But I think there's, there's, there's trade-offs to this, this whole funding experience. Yeah, uh, there's there's things to learn from it. And I think people basically the only way I would ever take funding, I think here's my formula for it is that if there is a straight formula where if you give me money and I could clearly and I don't have enough capital, I can easily see a multiple of that number, then take it and take unlimited yeah. amounts of it. No, that, that makes sense. So let's talk a little bit about the the listener. Somebody wants to start a business. Um, hey, <laughs> exactly. They want to start a business. They're not really sure. There are a lot of people out there that do have the dream of being an entrepreneur. But the reality is that entrepreneurship isn't necessarily for everybody. Um, you need to have a, a different sort of skill set. You also need to have a different you know, stomach for being able to endure the amount of time that it's going to take in order for you to get to where you want to be. You had made reference to the fact that to make a million dollars, it's going to take you approximately 10 years of really hard work. Yeah. So start today. And I found that very, very fascinating. And, and I really love that. So I might steal rule. that. Um, so I'm I stealing it. Copied someone else. Okay, exactly. Everything's <laughs> copied online, right? It so, really is. So, so what is something? Where can somebody look for an opportunity? You talk a lot about 
look at trends, what's popular, and then figure out a way to sort of test that. Uh, talk a little bit about your strategy behind that and what you what you mean when you when you say that. All right, let me just give. Let me just, so one 10 year rule, which you said, I'm just going to repeat because it's so damn important. It took me about 10 years to make my first million. And most people that I've seen to make a million cash in the bank liquid is about 10 years. And so the point that's great about that is that, you know, it's going to take time, you know, you need to start now and you know, you should probably just find things that you're interested in. So I think that's really important. Second one that I've started talking about more recently is the law of 100, which is if you're doing YouTube, if you're trying to do an email list business, if you're trying to do software or consulting or any type of business, commit to a hundred. So a hundred days or a hundred video posts or hundred customer calls, whatever it is, I've realized that even for myself, it's easy to give up. Like I started a podcast and got almost 30,000 downloads an episode. And because it wasn't a hundred thousand, I gave up. And I think I was only at around 40 episodes. And it's like, figure out how to just get to a hundred and not just do the hundred, but you have to keep improving as you get to that hundred. So those are two core things. What I want to just give you examples of how to start businesses today, of ideas that I've had. Can we just Absolutely. do that? We can do whatever you want. No, this is your show. Do it. <laughs> Thanks, Phil. Well, it's your show. I'm just a, I'm just a talent of today. Um, I mean, it's a moderate talent in a few things. Two things I was just going to say that I thought were super interesting. Uh, last night, I was on Facebook Marketplace, and I saw these people posting items for rent. And I thought what was really beautiful is that they didn't have to build a website, really. They just posted a backpack, and they said, hey, if you want this backpack, it's $25. And what they were doing, which I think most people miss out on, uh, is that they were validating a rental, a product rental business. And it was so simple. They didn't have to go build a website. They found a place that customers are raising their hands saying they want something and they could see if people want to rent bikes or rent backpacks or rent paddle boards or whatever the hell it is. Uh, and I thought that was a really beautiful example of if I wanted to validate a marketplace business, let me give you two other examples. Let's say you love, like for me, I love cycling and I've been loving clothing and you know, some of these like gadget products. Mm -hmm. So I was thinking, why doesn't someone create like the Tim Ferriss of email list? So Tim's got amazing stuff. Tim's been a buddy a long time, but what if there's an email list where once a week or every day, there's just a dope product with a deal on it. And I was like, there's really not a site like that. There's maybe like Uncrate, which is like too bougie for me. Uh, there's Huckberry, which I love, but it's like super outdoorsy gear. And so I was like, oh, why doesn't someone start that? That's what I would want. And so like, there's a product like LMNT electrolytes, which are bomb. I don't know if you're into the electrolyte stuff. They're phenomenal. Mm -hmm. um, or like, you know, some of the gear I've been buying, like these shorts I bought called showers pass for my gravel bike riding. So all you do, literally you go to sendfox.com or MailChimp or just use Gmail and you send or use Instagram message these companies like, Hey, I want to sell a few of your products. Can I get it at a special? I'm going to sell it to 10 people. Can you give it to me for 50% off? You see if you can get the products, any, any of these products so like legends brand clothing. It's like a workout gear clothing of guys I met, um, you know, all these different companies, they want more customers. Everyone does. So hit them up, see if they'll give you a few at a discount. Now you get the fun part. Let me go see if I can get customers. Uh, so I would hit up my friends. I would look on my Instagram. I would look on LinkedIn. I would look on my text messages. Uh, and I would just start saying, Hey, I have a product. There's five of them at a special price. And I would just email that out once a week. And I don't know why that doesn't exist. I think that's something that I would definitely be interested in starting. Uh, and I think that could be a seven or eight figure business. And the last one I would say is content creation. So just mm -hmm. as a quick, quick ad is that you could copy Aaron's model. Aaron literally gave you the playbook. It's out there. It's literally free. The YouTube to be a YouTube content creator and make six figures, which I think is very possible. It takes somewhere between two and four years. And all you have to do is find your category. There's unlimited categories out there. You do content <laughs> consistently law of 100 <laughs> for two to four years. 
and you keep improving your videos, maybe you get a better camera, maybe you get better audio, maybe you get a cooler background, maybe you hire a video editor. And you just pick your category. Like there's people in like Epic Gardening. There's Legal Eagle, Devin from who's a lawyer. There's like so many different categories. And Aaron's made the playbook. Like you get ads, you start creating new product lines, you then create new YouTube channels, then you hire people to go run these things. Uh, but I think what people do is they do it for like a month or two months and they're still at hundred subscribers. And they're like, I'm not rich yet. I'm like, yeah, of course you're not rich. It takes 10 fucking years to get the million. So just commit to a hundred videos and keep it not just a hundred shitty videos because anyone could diarrhea a hundred. But anyways, I think what's, what, what's interesting, especially for you and my, the way I, I like to think of it is there's a lot of haircuts to get rich and the formulas for them are actually pretty straightforward, but it just takes some time. I'm going to take it another step further. People ask me about it. What what should I do? How do I start a successful YouTube channel? The easiest way to hack the system. If you've got that niche, like you were, yeah, if you've got that niche of, of, you know, whatever you're in, whatever you're into, if it's, if it's, you know, if it's finance, if it's, you know, style, whatever it is, you go and you, you find whatever, whoever else is in your space that is successful. Just look at their most popular five videos and recreate those five videos and in your own tone, and you know that those, you know, YouTube loved it, people loved it, people are searching for it. And so instead of trying to reinvent the wheel, just do what other people have done and been successful at. That's the easiest way to hack the system, period. And I can't um, believe you gave away the secret, Aaron. Shut up. Secret, exactly. That's it. That's all you got to do. It's done, right? The the problem is that we all, (laughs) including myself, think it's the next podcast and think it's the next book and think it's the next course and think it's the next thing. And the reality is it's, it's all inside. And it's, it's really actually trying to understand what people really want. And to be, a, to be a content creator, one thing I used to hate on the Kardashians, I'm like, they literally just got born with fat asses and just went and like took videos of their ass. I mean, one made porno and all this stuff. But the thing that was actually really interesting for me is to actually be a content creator and to be successful content creator, you have to be a professional. It's actually not as easy as it seems. You think oh, that they just hard. get on camera. But I, I was talking with Mr. Beats, Mr. Beast's uh, manager. Yeah. How many people do you think help him make each video? Uh, and, and just, just guessing, I have no idea, but probably maybe 10 to 15. I'm not sure how many. That's, that's exactly right. Is that right? But a lot of the, the, the listeners or the viewers probably watch Mr. Beast and they're like, oh yeah, Mr. Beast. Yeah, he just gives away money and does like crazy shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they're professionals. So, but I don't think people think of it as a career. They're thinking yeah. that it's just a hobby. Like I met uh, Berm Peaks, this mountain biker. His name's Seth. He used to have Seth's bike hacks, trying to burn peak. I asked him, he's making these mountain bike videos. He's one of the, he's a top YouTuber because he makes mountain bike videos, but his videos for anyone are very entertaining to watch. And the, the problem is, is that if you want to do the content creation thing, I was like, man, are you just mountain biking like all day, man? And yeah. you just film a little bit and you just poop out a video. He's like, he's like, I probably bike two hours a day and I'm probably working five to eight hours a day on the film. Mm-hmm. And I think most people don't realize that, but I think that's actually a problem with content creators. They, they miss the business part, which is a whole nother discussion. Well, no, that is an absolute, you know, we could spend another hour talking about, you know, one of the problems that I think a lot of, and one of the, one of the things that I have done well um, to, to, you know, pat myself on the back. To, is your, own I, hey, just, uh, to your own horn. People don't give themselves enough credit. I don't mean that arrogantly. It's just something I've been thinking about a lot. Like give, people should be a little bit more proud of what they do, even if it's small. Or so when I started, it was, it was, I, I started as an entrepreneur. So I've always been an entrepreneur. And so when you look at things through that lens versus just, I want to make really cool videos, you know, it does change the direction in which you take and the, the, the manner at which you monetize your content. 
And so you see a lot of these people that, you, you know, a lot of people are like, well, how much money you make on YouTube? And it's like, well, you know, if you're relying on views, you don't really make that much. And then, well, how much can you make? I'm like, you know, you talk about, oh, well, you know, if you get a few million views, you know, you're making, you know, 20, 30,000, depending on the sector that you're in. If you're in finance, you can make $100 per thousand impression. Anyway, and they say, wait, you can make $30,000 a month. I'm like, yeah, but that's, that's, <laughs> that's, that's a drop in the bucket compared to the big picture. The way that people really are going to be able to scale a, a YouTube channel is figure out how to get people off of YouTube, offer them a product, offer them, Ooh, you know, something of value. Sell, what's that? I mean, sell something else, um, you know, build your list because, you know, YouTube is, is notorious for changing and, and not necessarily, you know, being super, you know, I mean, you think about some of these, these content creator, creators like H3H3 or, you know, these, these people that, that had really big followings, YouTube changes one thing, they go from making, you know, a million dollars a year, just theoretically to nothing because YouTube changed their monetization platform. And so it is so vital and critical to figure out other income streams off of the platform and just use your views as kind of like, Hey, pennies from heaven kind of thing. <laughs> pennies from, I, the way I've been of, saying it is like YouTube is to grow the audience. Your email list is to monetize them. I love it. I love it. So, so no, before we wrap things up, I don't want to take too much of your time out in Utah no, mountain bro, bike to live live, live in the, uh, live in the life. Um, what, what tips or advice would you give the entrepreneur, the potential entrepreneur, you know, what is your, is there a best piece of advice you could give? I know that you give so much on your YouTube channel, which we'll link to down below. Um, Thanks, man. really, really impressive. All the content that you're putting out there. I mean, I found myself just, just, it's like one video after another, after another, after Dude, another, it was just, we gotta it was a, I'm going to come hang out with you. We're going to have a mancation. We do, we do. You're my, like I said, you're my, you're my tech spirit animal. I am so not tech savvy, but I watch you and I'm just like, my God, if I had to, uh, anyway. So, so what is your best piece of business advice? Somebody wants to start. How do they, how do they test? Uh, well, actually yeah. you actually went over that a little bit. What is no, your no, best we, I think there's two things that I can go over for everyone, especially the people starting out. Please. Um, I'll give them three things. I'll give them three okay. things that I would go do, especially if you're starting out. Number one, I think I would attribute 90% of my success to the people I meet. Whether you're in, like, I started AppSumo with Nikolai in Bulgaria. He didn't even speak English. And then I was like, oh, well, how do I meet other people to help me on this journey? And so what I would recommend for anyone, no matter if you're 16 or 61, go be more active in building your relationships. I don't like the word network, right? Because that's a little mm -hmm. bit more transactional than I want. But how can you go help people? Let me give you an example. I'm going to put out a book in two years. And that book... I, I created a thing, uh, oh, what is it, two weeks ago, called the two-year list. So my book comes out in two years. So now I'm making a list of everyone who I need to help aggressively. So in two years, when I need a little bit of help uh, with my book, they're like excited to help me. And so I think people could be more active. And like you, AppSumo is now you know an eight-figure business, very profitable, and you have all these awesome people. It's because we spent a lot of time finding Eamon. And Eamon spent a lot of time finding all the team that he hired. Uh, and same with the success of like, you know, the YouTube channel that we've been starting to have some success with and other business. It's really like spent a lot of time meeting people like yourself. Now I get to connect with you. It was so amazing. So I would say number one, go work, go find, go actively each week, try to meet someone interesting, no matter where you are in the world. And if you're in like a remote country, go in the comments of Alpha M's channel and start texting, commenting regularly. Like there's a lot of people that I've now uh, met just because they keep commenting on the videos and I become friends with them and I want to help them on their journey too.
two other things I'd recommend, especially for people starting out. Number one, uh, I call it the $1 challenge. It's really easy. You just get a dollar. <laughs> you just get $1. And we talked about some of the other stuff, but the $1 challenge is fascinating because we have a, a course, it's $7, and we give you your money back once you get $7. It's called monthly1k.com. And the biggest game changer in that whole course is the $1 challenge. These people go and ask their friend, and, they, and these, people, these are adults. They're not like young kids. It's like 30, 40, 50-year-old people with families, and they make a lot of excuses. You want me to ask for a dollar? Who do you think I am? I'm like, well, I know where you're not, and I know what mm-hmm. you said you wanted. And the $1 you know, in business, what you're ultimately doing is asking. And the $1 challenge is you have to go ask someone, hey, I'm starting a business. Will you be my investor? Or will you just give me a dollar so that I feel good about myself? And it's terrifying. It's mm-hmm. actually terrifying. Well, you also have something, the, uh, the coffee challenge. And then the right. coffee challenge is the third thing. The coffee challenge, when I created the course, I was depressed. I was sitting in a coffee shop and I was uh, realizing that people in business at the end of the day, you're asking. I'm asking, you're asking a viewer to give you their time, which is the most valuable asset we all have. I'm asking for someone to buy a product in AppSumo. Or I'm asking someone to buy a consulting service or buy your ads or buy Tiago or buy your Pedro. Uh, P- Pedro. No, Pedro. Pedro, pardon me. <laughs> you're asking someone to buy something, right? It's, it's, it's an ask. And I was like, how do people improve their ask muscle? And so I still do this stuff, right? It, it never ends. Some of the most successful people, I see them doing asking for discounts and asking for things. And I'm like, huh, this is why they got to where they are. They're still learning. They're still doing the same things that they started at. So the coffee challenge is you go anywhere, not just to get coffee. Coffee is the most accessible, but now with COVID or COVID's ending or whatever the hell is happening with it. Anytime you buy your next thing and you have to commit to doing it ahead of time. Uh, you ask for 10% off and you don't explain why. You just say, I want 10% off. So I actually did it two months ago. I was biking with my stepfather in New Mexico and we were going to go to lunch at this pizza place. I don't know, Twisted Pizza, I think it's called or something like that in Albuquerque. And so we're biking. And for the whole hour I'm biking, I'm thinking about it. I'm like, fuck, I don't want to do it. Who? I'm Noah Kagan, dude. I came up with this thing. I don't even have to do this. Why am I doing this? I don't want to do this. And it's pretty mind-blowing. The And then what I love hearing is all the excuses of that one. Um, People are always like, well, dude, I'm a sales guy. Like I've done sales forever. That's coffee challenge. I don't need to do that. My brother's a doctor. He was like, dude, I've asked for things my whole life. I asked patients for things. I don't need to ask shit, man. Shut up, Noah. They, they do amazing. So if it's so easy, then do it. And what's fascinating about it is that once you get the rejection, which is what I want people to get, I don't want people to get the discount. People are always like, why don't you get 25% off? And so when I went to the pizza place and I asked for the 10% off, because I thought about it the whole hour of my ride, she said, no. She's like, why do you want it? I was like, just cause. She's like, are you military? I'm like, nope. Is there a teacher? I'm like, on YouTube, I teach, but nope. I'm and, actually uh, rich. <laughs> <laughs> well, a lot of times people are rich because they ask for discounts, which I, I found fascinating. And uh, afterwards, after I got rejected, I was still alive. And I think that was, the, I think you learn a lot about yourself by getting rejected and overcoming it. And that was one of the biggest things for people starting out that I never, I was always shocked about because of how much fear everyone has of their family, of their friends, of their coworkers. It's why reason people start businesses. They always start businesses of things they don't know because when they fail, no one knows about it and they can blame something else. And uh, I think those three things that I talked about are, are probably the most impactful uh, for people to get started on their business journeys. I absolutely love it. 
Noah, thank you so much for taking your time and hanging with me and uh, yeah, sharing all your insight. It was ama like amazing, amazing, amazing stuff. Um, I'm going to continue to go through your content and I'm going to, like Damn, I said, dude, I'm going to link to your YouTube channel down below. Um, where can people find you? Right now I'm in Moab, Utah. So if you want to no, come no, to no, Moab, no. come find me here. <laughs> no, you don't want, no, you don't want to be able to find you, <laughs> literally find you. I actually you, but love, dude. I'll tell you, I love it, dude. I came out of the hotel. Um, you know, I used to not like the content creation and I used to think everyone who listened to me was stupid. And then I finally realized that I thought I was stupid. I thought all my stuff was stupid and none of it worked. And I started looking at it and I put out some of these episodes on my podcast, uh, you, you know, okdork.com slash podcast. And people actually, you know, now I, I live for the, a lot of the comments and I live for the results. Oh yeah. My audience, I call them the underdogs and, uh, you can find me at youtube.com slash okdork and Man, I've seen some of these people get these results, trying these validations. I always tell people, if you try to start a business, you have 48 hours to get three customers uh, and try to make 100 bucks. And I love seeing people do this stuff. So if you want to find me, uh, I'm, I'm easily findable. Our company is okay, called AppSumo.com. Yep. If you're looking to start a grow business with the best tools online at the best deals. Uh, and if you want to get more information, not even information, like I want people to take fucking results and action, uh, youtube.com slash okdork is the best place to find me. We'll link to you down below. Noah, thank you so much, man. This was amazing. And uh, I'm definitely going to take some of the, uh, the advice. And I think I might actually call, try the, uh, the coffee challenge today. No, no, don't. So one, can you text me your number on the yeah. chat, Paul? Can you message? Paul. I want to follow up with you. Here's what I would recommend for you. And, and this is the thing with the coffee challenge. All you have to do is commit to it before. Because if you say try, you won't do it. And you have I don't to do know. it. I, I have no problem, man. I actually, that's my Okay, thing. will you when do go, it? And can I text oh, you when I go into When I go into stores to buy anything, um, like my favorite thing to do is, is go car shopping with my wife. She gets so uncomfortable. Uh, but no, it's, uh, okay. The, will you uh, fil hold on. Can you film it? Can you just have your phone out and film it and do it and then text me <laughs> when I say ask for 10% off? Yeah, that's, that's yeah. not a problem. But, uh, the, um, yes, but no, okay. All right. You're on, I'm just, I don't, I'm not trying to pressure. I'm going to say it. I'm going to, I'm going to say I'm going out to sushi tonight. So I'll have to, I'll have to. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yeah. So when they bring and the I go, and I'm a regular, I go every time and I'm just going to have to say, can I have 10% off? Okay, so so this and they they know yes. me and I so uh, but no when I go clothes shopping any store I always at the register I say hey can I get a discount what kind of coupons do you have nine times out of ten you're gonna get one they're gonna be like oh well let me look and they'll have one there for you that they can actually use now you know I don't know how that has changed since this whole crazy COVID thing but uh but yeah man this has been really really an awesome Dude, an awesome episode and I really appreciate you uh, hanging out with me for for the past forty five minutes now. Thank you for having me. I want to have you on on our show so we can talk about all the business stuff you're doing. I think there's a lot to learn too. Awesome. Guys, thanks so much. Thanks, Noah. Thanks, brother. Gentlemen, thank you for listening to this episode. As always, I appreciate your support. Once again, if you found this episode or any of the content I've put out in the past helpful, please leave a rating and review on the platform you're listening to this on. Once again, every week, we're going to read out and feature a few of my personal favorite reviews. And if you're looking to upgrade your sunglass game, don't forget to check out Enemy.com. Honestly, the quality of these glasses for the price is insane. Just read the reviews. Gentlemen, stay awesome.